Welcome to Ellas, a bi-weekly podcast made by Latinas for Latinas. I talk with talented, inspiring, and empowering women that are living their dreams and making a path for the next generation. I'm Brenda Hernandez Jaimes, and this is Ellas. I'm Brenda Hernandez Caimes, and on the 22nd episode of Ellas, I have the pleasure of introducing today's guest. She's a photographer and filmmaker, and I've been an admirer of her work for some time now with her photography series, Self Love, that placed herself with a loving focus of dealing with acne and was featured on the Today Show. She also places women at the forefront with her photo series, The Future of Filmmaking, captured in film. As a Mexican mujer, she has also showcased the journey and stories of street vendors of Santa Barbara in her documentary, Ganándose la Vida. I'm really honored for having this conversation, so please welcome Cher Martinez. Hi, it's so nice to be here and like just share this space with you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for you know accepting my invitation, and I have to confess, I, you may know this, but Ever since I started following you on Instagram and, like, encountered your work, I've been such a great fan of your photos. And I've always been, like, yes, a fangirl of your work. I just, the moment when you told me that you listened to A-Yes, that was, like, what? Like, I yeah. couldn't believe it. No, yeah, I, the first one I listened to, I was just, I literally was sitting, because I've been trying to get into podcasts, and, um, I found yours because I think, yeah, I think we, like, followed each other. <clears throat> and I was like, oh, this, like, Mexican woman, like, has a podcast. And so um, I listened to it. And just, like, your message with podcast, like, sharing the stories of other, like, the Latinx women and just with women who are doing their own thing is so inspiring. I was, like, crying in the first one that I was, like, listening to because I'm like, oh, my God. Like, the things, like, they're sharing is just so... Like, it also, like, hits close to home in some ways, and, like, it was just so inspiring, so I am, like, honored to be here, and thank you. Thank you. No, and it's so, such an honor for having you here on AGS and just having your story being shared with our listeners because, you know, what, you're, what you've been doing in your such young age is really inspiring, and it gives me a lot of hope for our future generation of, like, just not being afraid to taking that creative side and just run with it. So let's start, you know, I want, I know that you uh, were born in Mexico City, La Ciudad de Mexico, el DF, but yeah, can you share with me your childhood, how was it like growing up there and then also moving to Santa Barbara and having that tra transition of moving to, you know, this foreign country and that didn't speak the language and I know that you've been dealing with that homesickness that I think really touches on a lot of Young, a lot of our listeners and a lot of maybe first generations that, you know, also had the opportunity of living in Mexico and coming back to the U.S. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I grew up in Mexico City in El DF, and I, I still have, like, a lot of memories of being with, like, my family and going to, like, school. I was very young. I was, I, uh, I was there until, like, three years old or four some sometime in that age and so there's still like memories there that I remember but yeah I was I just remember feeling you know being surrounded with family and and trying to grow up in Mexico City but um I came here when I moved to Santa Barbara when I was three my little sister was uh less than a year old my older sister was like five or, or six and it was Although I don't remember exactly moving here, I do remember feeling like I, I had a, I had lost something, and it like coming here to school, I came with not not speaking the language like many other kids do. Like I remember when I was in kindergarten, I had a friend who didn't speak the language, but. Like, somehow we became friends, and, like, we would try to, like, talk, but we both didn't really understand each other, but it was still, like, you know, the sense of being young and trying to, like, become friends with everyone. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, being here, I, I came 
So we came to live with my my dad's sister, and we rented a room. So it was just like the five of us, my dad, my mom, my sisters in one room in this house. And that happens a lot. When yes. people come, they just rent rooms. So for a long time, it was us and also my dad's um, sister and her family. So I did grow up in a somehow being surrounded by family, although I didn't grow up with them. I, you know, I had this new life here, and so we were trying to adapt. And, but, like, after a while, they they had issues. Like, a lot of families have issues. Mm-hmm. So we decided to move out, and we could afford that now. So we rented our own apartment. But, yeah, growing up here, being Mexican and, like, trying to like combine two cultures was really hard being in your in the house we would only speak spanish my parents didn't know any english my mom still doesn't know english she knows some words and phrases but my dad doesn't know english a little bit but yeah it was just trying to like balance two worlds like coming from your home speaking spanish and being surrounded by people who speak spanish to like the outside world and trying to like express yourself Mm-hmm. like learning you know sometimes you don't really know the one word in one language so you have to like um use your other your like native language yes. to yeah. yourself and it's just I mean I still deal with that and I feel like that's a universal thing trying to balance two worlds so yeah but growing up in Santa Barbara there thankfully we grew up in mostly Latino neighborhoods and communities so it wasn't very difficult to like see myself and my neighbors around me but uh, in school, it, I went to very, like, white, not dominated school. Mm-hmm. And I was in a lot of, like, AP classes and other classes. And usually those classes only had, the majority were white. So it was, though it was, it felt like I felt out of place being in those classes. Thankfully, I had a, most of my friends, my close friends are also Latinas. They're generation. And so I was able to form like a group that I could like you know we speak Spanglish so it's really nice to have that but yeah I mean growing up in Santa Barbara it it's mostly white dominated so it sometimes it felt out of place but then you would go into like my community which is like the west side and Mm -hmm. see like you know Loteros and you know your local like Mexican market and you can like speak to them in Spanish so it's it's nice to have, like, a community where I can also speak Spanish and it feels a little bit more at home because I do still consider Mexico my home. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it, it's still, you know, I'm still trying to trying to feel more at home here, but I don't know if that, if that I will ever feel at home in America, yes. if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I completely understand. <laughs> yeah. When you were saying that in our earlier conversation how mm-hmm. you sometimes have dreams of like being in Mexico and then like you're still like look searching for like anything that remembers you of Mexico City like the colors the smell yeah. food and when I was when I find, found out about that I remembered my mom has that same experience she has never really uh, felt at home in the u.s and she like the same homesickness that you have that like because it also deals with sadness of not being in your home yeah i i i it was it's how my mom feels every single day and you know it's 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 amazing how other people can be happy and fully accept their new home but for others it's hard you know and Having to deal with that with new changes, new languages, and 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 new customs and traditions, it's it's a work in progress, but I completely understand what you're going through. Yeah, I was, like, lucky enough that I was able to, I, like, was able to go back home and, like, spend Christmases or summers with them and, like, share that, but, like, it makes it even harder to come back and, Mm -hmm. like, just not have that here, but, yeah... I think it's something that a lot of people do understand and that's I really like to express that through my photography so I'm glad that like other people can relate to that yes (laughs) yeah I completely see the love that you have for Mexico and especially 
the love and the care that you have for your for the people that you photograph yeah. in terms of like the lighting and then I don't know, the focus every photo that I've seen it's just I feel like I've never seen you take photos but from what I see it's like I feel like it's a such safe fun and kind shoot you know that you have yeah. with your with with a person that you're in, taking photos of so I want to go and discover when was that moment when you picked up a camera and said, I want to be a photographer. I want to dedicate my life to this of taking photos and just doing it. Mm -hmm. When did that happen? So I was, I've always been creative. Like creativity has always been my outlet. I like tried writing for a bit and then I tried um, like art for a bit. But I... Like, I never saw myself as a photographer. Like, that wasn't a dream that I, like, even thought of. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't didn't think that was a thing, if that makes sense. So, yeah, but during my senior year, I, like, went to San Francisco with my family. And we don't take a lot of family road trips. Like, we're very low income. So, it's, like, family road trips are kind of a very special thing because, you know, we're able to spend that time together. So, I really wanted to capture that. And I fell in love with the city. San Francisco is beautiful. It was my first time going there. So I was I was just taking, like, pictures. And I found that I really liked doing it. I really liked capturing, like, something that looked pretty. Something that just was, you know. So after coming back from San Francisco, I was, like, able to look through the photos. And I I realized that I liked it. So I was like, why not continue doing it? So I didn't have a camera at that point. So I was using my phone. It was like a galaxy. (laughs) So I was just taking photos. And then I also realized that I liked editing. It was just like apps on my phone. And my sister had a point and shoot, uh, my comp point and shoot. So I just started taking, I like was borrowing her camera and was just taking photos of like my sisters, my family, and just like places around Santa Barbara. And... Then after that, I, like, discovered a photographer on Instagram. I think her underscore is, like, R.R. Rosa. And I really loved the way she captured, like, really intimate, like, small small details that you don't really, like, think of capturing. And I really fell in love with her, with her work. So, and she was shooting on film. So I, I like, decided I wanted a film camera. And for my 18th birthday, my dad got me a film camera. It was my Pentax K1000, my baby, and I still um, use it to this day. So, yeah, it was it was a special gift because also, like, when you're, you know, my parents, and were, like, like I said, were low income. So, for, like, the fact that he was able to, like, get me that camera was just amazing. And I, after that, like, I just started to, I didn't know how to shoot film, but I knew that I wa- it was something that I wanted to learn and something that I really loved to see. So I just went on YouTube and I was like learning so many things. And really, when you start to learn, um, it's not just through YouTube, but you have to go out and like do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would get my film developed. And after seeing like what I could capture and just knowing that like what I saw and like. I could, like, capture through a lens. It was just amazing to me. And the fact that, like, I'm able to capture my sisters and later on I will, like, look back at that and, like, we'll, we'll be able to share with that with, like, whoever's in the future. It was just, like, amazing. And I really fell in love with photography in that sense, how you're able to capture a moment in time and just have it forever. So, yeah, that's that's really why I fell in love with photography and, yeah, I got to continue doing it. Yeah, especially film photography, you know, it's, yeah. right now, currently, obviously, we're living in the digital age and, you know, digital cameras yeah. are still very different. I remember when I was in my first semester of studying communication, I was taking a class and, like, learning how to shoot in a, you know, analog camera and, like, learning how to, yeah. like, you know, do the whole process and, like, having it, like, bef- see the image before your eyes, like, appear. And yeah. I feel like now, 
I was able to experience that and I can like imagine the happiness that like ra- radiates, you know, by you yeah. capturing this through film. And I feel like mm-hmm. now it's it's taken a lot of photographers are using it now again, like film, but yeah. I feel it's still kind of lost. It's not that prominent in, you know, the photography industry. So can you share with me like maybe those first mistakes that, you know, you had when you took the camera and the lessons learned and what do you do differently now that you're when you're working with someone and or you're you know doing it for you're doing your free time like what do you apply from those lessons well the very first role I took was there was a lot of shaky (laughs) shaky shots like (laughs) but that's something learned to love about film is embracing them those mistakes because sometimes they're really pretty mistakes but i guess um, a mistake that i was also like feeling when i was when i was starting was not feeling like i was good enough to charge once my photography started taking off a lot of people were like wanting to shoot with me but i just felt like i don't like, I don't deserve to be paid because it's not good enough to be paid for my work. And now I'm, it's slowly, I've, like, tried to move away from that and, and like, like, rehearse in the mirror. Like, yes, I am good enough. Yeah. Like, people do want to, um, you know, pay for my work. And I do deserve to be, you know, paid for my time and for my, like, efforts and talents. So that's, I feel like that's a mistake that a lot of people, what creators do is compare their work and feel like they're not good enough because of because like you said we do live in a digital age and you see a lot of work and a lot of photographers and I feel a mistake we do is compare our work and everyone has like different journeys like you're comparing your like you you barely starting to someone who's already you know like, I don't know, booking magazines, you know, it's, like, two completely different things, you're not gonna, like, there's no point of you comparing yourself, um, so, yeah, I've really tried to learn and embrace to, like, be my own biggest fan, and know that I do deserve being acknowledged through payment, because as an artist, you know, it's so hard to, like, I'm not, I'm not a full-time photographer, but, you know, someday I hope to be, and I, if I want to live off of my work, then I have to, like, you know, be not demanding in the mean way, but demanding in, like, yes, like, I do deserve this. If these are my rates, and I'm not going to lower them for whatever, like, for feeling bad. <laughs> so, yeah. Yes, very, very well said, like... I recently, you know, was able to interview another photographer that I really like, and he, if you've ever heard of him, like, Pierre Van Buren, he's South African, and he was, like, also dealing with that, like, I don't know, if, like, if I should charge this because I'm not great, he's he's also your age, and what would you say, like, hearing this, you know, because, you know, I'm, I love interviewing young people and young creative people, and you said something really, you know, important that I think a lot of creative people especially Latinos, maybe, mm-hmm. when you choose the creative path, it's not always our first option, right? And then yeah. you deal with that imposter syndrome of like, maybe you're not good enough to be giving these different rates. And you said that, you know, you were so amazed and happy that your dad was able to buy you your first camera. So can you, you know, share that journey of, going into college and deciding to take film classes and just having that support system and maybe that journey, like share it with us. So our listeners who are, might be dealing with that can find maybe some insightful advice of how they can take on that same journey of creative. Yeah. So like when I was younger, I wasn't thinking of becoming a photographer or filmmaker that wasn't like, you know, in in my close like friend list, friends list or like family, there's no one that I can look up to and like be mentored by or really anyone in my community. I didn't, you know, see myself doing that. But it's just something that I landed on and 
I stuck with because when I'm photographing or when I'm filmmaking, I feel like I belong in this world and I feel like it's my superpower. Mm-hmm. And that's what that's a feeling that I've been trying to rely on whenever I feel any doubt. Yeah, coming from an immigrant family, you feel you always feel like in debt like in yeah. debt with yeah. <laughs> with with your family. You want to make them proud, and you want to make them know that their sacrifices are worth it. And especially for for us, a first generation, second generation, you want to make them happy. And it's really hard to try to do that, and then try to get a degree, and you know, and then try to like pursue your own dreams, especially when they're not something that is like tangible. Mm-hmm. When they're you know, it's not, it's not like being a lawyer, it's not like being a nurse or a doctor, which are great careers, but when you're doing, like, I feel like immigrant families always want their children to, you know, be secure, and what they know is that going to college is what will get them there. Yeah. So it's really hard to navigate trying to, like, going to the artist world and artist careers and try to like tell your parents that like you'll be okay. Because it's still something that I'm trying to like deal with, but I knew that like thankfully my parents were really supportive in that sense that they wanted me to do something that I really loved. So I mean, honestly, I didn't want to go to college, but I felt like. I still feel like it's something that I, at least I owe to my parents to get a degree. And if I have to get a degree, then I might as well like study something that I love. Thankfully, my where I live, Santa Barbara, has a city college, so I'm able to get a, an education at a lower price. Hopefully, I'm transferring this year, so that's just another area of uh, another journey that I'm like trying to take. But yeah, thankfully, it's something that I am that filmmaking is something that I'm passionate about, so at least I am studying something that I like. But I I, I feel so much for, like, kids whose parents don't understand their, you know, their dreams. And it is hard, and I completely understand. But what I would tell them is that ultimately you're... I know you feel like you need to make your parents happy, but... At the same time, sometimes you have to be a little selfish and, you know, do what you want. It is really hard. (laughs) So, but yeah, I'm here for those kids, too. While you're here in in college, can you share with me, you said said that you always try to incorporate your Mexican culture, you know, your home, into your photos, and and it's obviously clear so how are you able to develop that vision that voice and message that you now communicate through your photos how was that process like was it was it hard you know because I feel like being a photographer you you have to still have a unique voice right that separates you from the rest and yeah yeah can you share with me that journey of like learning your your voice discovering this voice that you have yeah so yeah, as a photographer, or like any creator, like you said, you know, you kind of have to develop what you like. Because if you're not doing work that you're passionate about, then it's, it just kind of blends in with everyone else else's work. So I knew that, like, compared to a lot of people, photographers in Santa Barbara, or, like, photographers, like, in L.A., it's very generic. You know, you see a lot of, like online media with models being airbrushed and mm-hmm. just like that's the idea of perfection and this is what you see and for a long time that's what I kept seeing at least on my feed it was just really very very like Eurocentric <laughs> beautiful women you know and I really didn't believe in that vision it wasn't what I wanted my work to to express I wanted my work to express like individuality and love and like nostalgia which is a really recurring theme in my work Mm -hmm. and it was just really 
trying to like listen to myself and not try to be like everyone else and it did pay off because like in the beginning a lot of people were telling me that my work was very different from what they kept seeing here in Santa Barbara and once I learned to embrace like vulnerability and trying to express that through my photography it like took a I got even more exposure, like, to people who were, like, craving that vulnerability online because we don't see a lot of that. We don't see a lot of people just not showing, like, their best parts of themselves or, like, what we deem as best parts best parts of ourselves. And, but bringing up my Agni series, when I did that, I just, I, I kept getting a lot of messages from women especially who were dealing with the same thing and who didn't see themselves online or in or on like magazines because like imperfections are just not deemed beautiful by society and once I realized wow like we need more of this I decided that I really wanted to keep going with that and just just really share my honest truth with the world and I think that's what I want to keep doing in terms of where my I want my work to go but yeah and I love that you you mentioned self love because I we are going to talk about it. I think it's it's so it's so true. You know, social media, and I think in every era, you know, like it's rare to see what makes us all those little characteristics us, right? Be it acne, you know, weight. Maybe we have, yeah. uh, you know, our hair is going gray. Like we always try to. Show the world this perfect side of us, and you really went against against that and and showed that vulnerability, that love with the self love series. So, can you share with me that moment where like you pushed the fear aside and said, "I'm going to do this. I'm just going to post this." And how was that? You know, can you guide me through that process of like choosing the baby breath to be on your hair and like everything because it's such a beautiful image and it really resonated with me because I also dealt with acne when I was I think a year ago my skin started to get better but like I was also dealing with acne and just seeing that was like beautiful and I really connected with it (laughs) I'm really glad I connected with you um yeah so for I think five years like since my junior year of high school I started developing acne, and um, my mom had, when she was younger, she had cystic acne, so, it was, and I was actually coming back from Mexico, like, I don't know if it's something, like, the air, the pollution, or, like, some, like, eating a lot of, I don't know what a lot it was. Of, I love tacos, it was, <laughs> I know, <laughs> so, yeah, I was coming back from Mexico, and um, I started, like, seeing my, my skin change, and I didn't know how to deal with it. So for five years, I was really, like, hiding who I was and, like, just, like, packing on makeup. I don't even know how to use makeup, so it was, yeah, it was a very dark time in my life. And I just tried to really hide from the world. Like, like I literally would sit in my room and just watch movies all day because I didn't want to go out and, you know, let people see me. So after I saw, like, I saw a hashtag on Instagram. It was about acne, mm-hmm. a bit of acne community. So I found that, and I started seeing a lot of women who were really embracing their acne and just making a difference online. And I really connected with that. So I thought I was, like, at a point where I was trying to heal myself, heal from my acne, in terms of, like, emotional and my mental state, I was still dealing with acne, but I wanted to, like, change my perspective, and, like, all those years of hate, self-hate were just, I just got really tired of it, so, yeah, one day, I just, I was thinking, like, I really want to do something to really, like, embrace this part, but do it in my own way, so then I, I, I literally was, like, I just got in, like, behind my wall. I just put a sheet, and I took... I had no makeup except eyeliner. And I 
put my camera on the tripod and I just decided to take photos, just me, myself and I. And um, that's really how that was born. I knew I wanted to do it in my own style, so I did make it like dreamy. And it was something I never even talked to my friends about or my family. Like I just did not want to talk about it. So doing that and like just sharing that into the world was so scary. <laughs> like I was, I was telling my sisters that that night I shared it. I was like, I don't, I don't want to post this. Like I don't, I don't know what like the reaction will be. And then once I did, I just started crying because it was just like this, like release of you know acne doesn't define me anymore so it was really emotional and like right away people just like started messaging me about relating to it and like people in English and people in Spanish and like it just it was shared like literally in so many different languages and I just I realized how how much people do crave that vulnerability and you know, we can all relate to struggles, and yeah, I just love that I could have, I could do that through photography, and yeah, it was amazing. It's so beautiful <laughs> that yeah. you're self-accepting and self-love of having acting and just not having, not letting that define you. Opened up this mm-hmm. conversation to like a lot yeah. of people all over the world. Like, it's. The power that of that is having that love and also of your talents, like that's something to be proud of. And I really want to, you know, congratulate you because it's beautiful. Not many people have that courage, you know, to be to put those walls down and just be yourself. Mm-hmm. And like it got me into like the Today Show, which I was like, what? <laughs> that was like so I don't know weird. <laughs> Tell us about that. I want to, let's talk about those highlights, those successes, because it's great to talk about, you know, the the results of your work. So how was that like? Who approached you? What Um, were you feeling? Yeah, Yeah, so I think it was like a couple months later, actually, that Carly Marsh, who was a picture at the Today Show, uh, emailed me because she was going to do a a acne adult series and like gather different women who were dealing with acne in their adulthood. And their experiences, like, from places. And I was, at first I was, like, hesitant of doing it because, I don't know, I just, I feel like I didn't really have, like, because there was an actress, there was, like, a news person from, like, the Today Show. Uh, There was a YouTuber and, like, a makeup artist. And then, I don't know, I just felt like I didn't really, like, wasn't belonging in there. But I decided to do it because... This could spread the message that I was trying to convey in my photos to even more people. So, yeah, I did it, and I I went to L.A., and they did the interview in the studios in downtown L.A. So, yeah, I went there, and I was so nervous. We actually did, like, before I met her, we did, like, Google Hangout, too, so she could, like, get to know me. So I was, like, comfortable with her, but just, like, being the, you know, the person being interviewed I'm usually the one photographing people and never like the one in the main you know spotlight mm-hmm. so that was really it was new like I had my makeup and hair done and, and I, I, there's a picture that my sister took and they look like I'm from a newscast from Venga La Alegría oh. <laughs> so I just, it was just so funny it was really different but I knew that it was ultimately it was something that I have to do, I'm trying to embrace, like, even doing this, I'm trying to embrace feeling, doing things out of my comfort zone and, you know, connecting with more people because I know that my, the message that I'm, at least I'm trying to convey is good and I, and then help someone out, out in the world. So yeah, it was, it was really cool. And yeah, I took like get more opportunities like that. Yes. And I feel don't ever doubt yourself of having a message that needs to be communicated. I think your work, your, your photos are beautiful and they should be shared with everyone. I just having you here. It's, it's an honor. And you said that you weren't used to being the one that's being interviewed. You normally, from what I've been seeing of your work, when you photograph someone, for example, in your series, the future of filmmaking captured in film, you not only photograph these amazing directors, but you also interview them. You gave them 
you gave us information about their age, you know, their upbringing, you know, who they are as people. And after your self-love series, you obviously realized the power of the message and of your work. How did that transition into this series? And I know that in Santa Barbara, you know, it was kind of hard to find that circle of women that are there for you that in order to like collaborate, to find inspiration, how were you able to choose these directors and the whole process of, you know, interviewing them and adding that journalistic side to your work? Most of my classes last year were film classes and in all my classes I felt very out of place because there was literally only like around five women of like 30, size of 30 <laughs> class there was only like five women and feeling like that feeling of not belonging is I feel like something we as women and especially as like people of color we feel in these spaces that are male dominated that are white dominated so the last year I just felt like I was really struggling with pursuing filmmaking because when you feel like you don't belong somewhere it's so hard to you know want to pursue it even though it's something you really want to do because you don't see your in those people and hard like create with them because you don't necessarily share the same like values but all those girls and women that you saw I met through my film department and it was really amazing. I really wanted to do a project where I highlighted like the fact that there are women out there who are wanting to pursue this this very male dominated field. And so that was like I took that those portraits after our classes had ended, after the year was over, and because I really wanted to bring like this group of women to you know share that space and like support each other in that way and say like we all go to school here we're all like living in Santa Barbara you know if you ever need people for your film or for your projects like we're here you know creating that space for them to know that they're supported and through that I really wanted to like share to other people who are seeing my work and who follow me that although you feel like alone right now maybe in like what you're doing you know, there are people out there who are also trying to do, like, the same thing as you. And, yeah, like, one of my goals, ultimately, as a, like, Mexicana and Latina and mujer, pursuing this is to create more space for future and younger generations, especially women, especially people of color, to come into these spaces and feel welcomed and feel seen and to know that their voice does matter. So that's, that's really, like, really a goal that I want to, you know, keep working on. And because it's like, if you, if a door is open for you, then you, you have to keep that door open so other people can come in and, you know, create this, like, ripple effect and just, like, you know, have this, like, change in the world because that's really how we're going to change the world, to keep supporting each other. Um, and I think it's really... I feel like I've seen that even more now on social media where women are just coming together and like creating change because women are the future and we are going to change the world. <laughs> so, yeah. And I love that in this series, you featured a lot of, mostly, most of them were um, Latinas and they were, you know, yeah. Brazilian, they were um, Asian Latinas. You, yeah. you saw this like diverse example of what is Latin America and of what the filmmaking industry is having right now and yes once you have that door opened you need to invite them and like pull them in so they can also share their stories so people can see themselves reflected in these stories and working with these women to take their their portraits can you share maybe what were the lessons and that you learned from them you know those conversations while interviewing them what resonated with you that, you know, you still hold on to to very dearly right now in your current work? Has it, did that series really help you develop even more, refine your work as a photographer and filmmaker because of that? Yes. 
So I grew up being surrounded by like strong women. I admire my grandma, who is like the most chingona woman that I know. And like my mom is also amazing. And my sisters, who I hold like very dear to me. So for me, like when I feel empowered, I am surrounded by women. I, I feel the most empowered and I feel like I can do anything when I'm like have women behind me, women beside me. So I really talking to them about their lives. I, I really learned that, you know, we all have different journeys in this life. We're all going through different things, but like when we can come together and like create something, it can be beautiful and it can be powerful. Like women are amazing. <laughs> and I think also having, I, for a long time, like struggled with finding women who I could create with. I just, I could, I would, like, my friends, I love my friends, but they're not in this creative journey. They're doing their own thing, and it's completely different than what I'm doing. So I just really struggled feeling, like, misunderstood, and, like, what I was doing was, like, so different from what I saw other people doing. So, yeah, for a long time, I struggled with just not feeling like I belonged in this creative space. But when I started to meet like the women who you saw in the photo series, I like realized like the community that there is here at Santa Barbara. And after that, I like started creating with them and it just, I felt powerful. And I think it, it feels sometimes lonely to be in this, like, you know, to follow this dream of yours, but to know that there's other people who share that vision with you and, you know, sometimes you have to be patient in that sense to find people who you, you know, your passion people. But there, that is possible, and I really am grateful for all the all the girls who were able to, you know, participate in my the series. So, yeah. Yes, and when I saw these photos and like reading their biographies and you know, all their answers, it was like, I love film. I love movies, and it was like. I can't even, like, I want to see what they're creating now and, like, what stories yeah. they have to bring to the forefront. And it's, you know, really great to hear that you found a connection, this collaboration between these women to, you know, to work together because it's very true what you said of being a creative and maybe not having the friends that are on the same journey. And it's just hard. Like, you don't know where to start, where to find these people. And it's, just, it's like you said, it's like going to your... Your, you know, your classes, connecting with people, reaching out to them, and just asking them, like, do you want to do this collaboration? That's pushing yeah. that embarrassment to the side and just doing it. Yeah. And I apologize if you hear my dog barking in the background. But once, maybe it's not in the same timeline, but did, yeah. did this series really, you know, took you to the next step of your, your documentary, Ganándose la Vida?, was this in a connection in a way of you, like, I've done this now, this is for school, but, like, I think I also need to give a space to street vendors and the people of my community. Was that, like, a connection to you deciding to do that documentary? No, actually, I did the documentary, like, before the mm -hmm. women film. And it was for a documentary class that I was taking. It was the our final project was to make a documentary of whatever we wanted, and I really felt like during that time it was when the the caravan was coming, mm -hmm. and there was a lot of things going on in the border, and there still is a lot, like you know. But I wanted to do something because I I couldn't go to Tijuana and like do an interview interviews there, or like I really wanted to, but it just wasn't possible for me. Mm -hmm. So. I thought, I was, like, brainstorming with my sisters one day, and my sister brought up, like, street vendors, and I'm like, oh, wait, that's, like, I, I put that, like, on my notes, and I had, like, different ideas, like, gentrification in Santa Barbara, or, like, different things, but I really connected with El Otero, because when I was, like, I, I said this in my film, but when I was, when I first had arrived here, El Oteros made me feel more at home because they reminded me of Mexico. And I really have a lot of love for 
people who come here and who it's so hard because you don't have any permit to work here, but you know, you still have to make money to support your families. And I just really look up to immigrant workers. I, I really love them. So I thought, you know, this would be an amazing way to show people that we like we're not they're not just a lotero. They have a story. They have a you know a life and family. And I really wanted to. I love like photographing people or like interviewing people who are not usually photographed or interviewed. You know, like giving them them a voice and that space for them to share their own stories. I really love that. So yeah, I decided to do that. And I'm I'm still struggling with people with like connecting with people or like like reaching out to people because I get really nervous. Like it's still something I deal with, although it's less than like in the beginning. But yeah, I just I work with older Latinos already because I'm a tutor at um, a non-credit bilingual class. So a lot of older Latinos come in and like learn how to like use a computer or like send emails. Because they're also, like, being left behind because, you know, technology keeps, like, ex- yeah. growing and expanding. So I'm, I was used to, I'm used to, like, being surrounded by older old, older Latinos. So it's easier for me to connect with them. So, yeah, once I decided to do that, first I went to LA and I found there wasn't a lot of people who wanted to be interviewed. But there was one man who was a paletero. It wasn't in the documentary. Cause, like, the sound was just so bad but his story really touched me like he was he was at some point like he like started tearing up and it was I feel like a lot of um, kids who come from immigrant parents feel that love for because we can our we like we can see our parents in that that makes sense makes sense and after going to LA I decided to interview people here in Santa Barbara just people who stand outside of church so after it's done like people come and they like buy a lot of things so that was a church I used to go to when I was younger and I interviewed Elotero woman who sells tamales this couple who are floreros and a paletero and just like talking to them was like I love talking to older Latinos like they have so much insight about life and being able to give them that that you know space to share their stories was amazing and like even after the I released my documentary the sobrina of the Florera Florera Maria she like reached out to me and was saying like yeah like we I didn't even like no knew she she didn't follow me but I think she followed my sister and she reached out to me. She said, oh, my God, I just watched your documentary. And I want to say, like, thank you so much for highlighting, like, the stories of my grandparents. Like, to know, I appreciated them so much. But to know, like, people out there, like, yourself appreciate them, it just made them so happy. And, like, she said, like, it made their year, which is, like, so amazing for me to hear. Because, like, to see that, like, something that I worked on was able to, you know, touch people was is amazing and you know I can see the power of filmmaking and photography and like high, highlighting people we don't usually see on screen so it was amazing yes, to do I, that yes. <laughs> this documentary for our listeners it's available on YouTube on Cher's YouTube channel please go watch it when I saw this I obviously you know I, I come from immigrant parents and I firsthand know that these workers you know have hopes have dreams of their own of you know the only thing that they that they know is working so they can provide to their children and their families and you really convey that you know their their stories of before coming here their hopes what they wish to do and you really shed light to them just being human and it's so important right now because what's yeah. going on with our, you know, our politics and Latinos have always been seen as, you know, the other and, you know, we yeah. we aren't we aren't loved by 
by the majority, well, uh, by the people that have power. And yeah. just your, your documentary really placed a strong voice of like, we're here and we're proud and we're not leaving. And this is the stories of our people. And just finding that connection, like it spoke to me, it connected with me and I, I th thank you for doing it. And now that, you know, you're thinking of going to another school and, you know, you're, you're growing and then you're, you're still developing this voice and, you know, providing space to people that aren't always on the forefront of media, of photos, of magazines, and movies. What projects do you have that you want to continue doing that same, like, if, like, projects that are developed that you can share with us? Uh -huh. And what can we expect of you of this year or maybe next year um, in terms of your photo series and maybe documentaries? Yeah, so I've, uh, yeah, I have really been, like, stopped myself from doing more um, documentaries just because I feel like I'm not, like, skilled enough. But I have to stop that mentality because yes. I, I know I am. So I definitely do want to keep doing, like, my, the future of filmmaking. Instead of, like, filmmaking, I'm going to do it, like, on women engineers or, like, like do the future of, you know, different yes. places where we don't see, you know, they're mostly male-dominated or mostly white-dominated. So I really want to continue that series just in different areas of different careers. And I've, I've recently been inspired by a lot of, like, Mexican um, media, Mexican magazines that I see like back at home and Mexican photographers who are like just photographing their culture so beautifully I I really want to incorporate more of that into my work and try and see how I can do that here not being in Mexico hopefully one day I I want to move back to Mexico and like work in media over there and like be a photographer that would be Recently, that's something that I've really been wanting to do. I don't know how likely that is right now, but definitely some, that's something in the future that I want to do. But, yeah, right now I'm kind of taking a break because I feel like I, you know, it's important to take breaks sometimes. I'm trying to see how I can keep sharing my voice through different ways. But... Yeah, definitely one of the projects is continuing my the future of in different different places where we don't really see, you know, different people and people that we can relate to. I'm so yeah. I'm so happy that you're gonna do the woman of because I saw the photo photo of you taking of Bianca Vasquez, who's an engineering student, and she's amazing. Like. She is so amazing. Like, she, from what I read, she has opened up this program, right? Like, yeah. of women in tech and not engineering, yeah. Right, yeah. And, like, placed it associated with pink, so just have Yeah, you... like, that's totally her. <laughs> like, yeah, but actually, I have on my, my notes, I have um, women in engineering, and, like, she was going to be my next person because she has her own club. So I was going to, like, try to set up something with her, like, incorporate her engineering in, and somehow, like, photograph that. I've done some shoots with her with um, gear. So, yeah, she's amazing. Like, what she's doing is just amazing. She's super amazing. Like, you know, when I saw the photo that you did with her, it was, like, you know, these two amazing young women, young Latinas, and like just creating beautiful things and I'm just really happy and hopeful for the future of photography and what you're going to do with your work and hopefully you know Bianca might be here and like be a guest star here in Vegas yeah and that would be amazing that would be amazing and it's really great that you know you really have that those plans in your that you have those plans in your life and it's really great that you also said taking time to recharge and seeing what you can do more because like as a we live in this society that if you're not showing if you're not working yeah you're basically not important you're not 
in the focus. You're not in, you're not part of a conversation. And it's like, like they're being left behind or something. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. It, you know, I feel that too sometimes. I, I feel that yes. Like, how do you deal with that? Taking breaks with from your work and just finding, just recharging and not feeling drained because create being creative is a, it never leaves you. So, how do you find that balance of like, or how do you? How are you working to find that balance? Because it's never, yeah. you never really have that balance, so. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely, I'm definitely the type of person that I, I need to recharge. Like, say I'm an introvert, to recharge, to find my voice again and, like, process my thoughts and emotions. So, I'm, you know, slowly, especially, like, like in Latino communities self-care maybe it's not priority because we've learned to have to keep working and have to you know to get somewhere luckily my like my dad always told me like go take a walk on the beach you know it's really important to connect the earth so i was lucky to have that and like i'm still trying to find a balance because i am like if i'm like obsessed with something i will like do it and if I really am not interested in anything like school I just you know leave it behind but so yeah it's something I'm still trying to balance but I think it's really important to set time apart for yourself because if you're not 100% you're like recharged then that's going to like transcribe into your work and you know it's really hard to to allow yourself to take that time because like you said, it feels like everyone else is doing so many different things. But I mean, you can't really base your life off of like what other people are doing on social media. You really have to listen to yourself and acknowledge that you, you know, you are your most important person and it's not selfish to, you know, say no to people. You know, we have to learn something I've had to learn, like to say no to people. But if people are interested in your work, then they're going to understand. <laughs> and yeah, like value your time, value yourself, because only I found that only doing that for myself has really helped me recharge myself to do more, like more of the amazing things that I've like I've been wanting to do and just like have that clear, you know, mentality. So, like, prioritize yourself because you are your most important thing and you only have this one life, so don't overwork yourself. Yes, very true. And yeah. I, I, I want to recommend to, like, if, if you have a chance to follow the photographer, Sandra Blow, she was on the podcast. Um, she's going to, her, her interview is going to, um, the 21st, so... You know, she has a lot of her experience as a photographer, as a Mexican photographer, as a queer photographer in Mexico is amazing. And definitely, if you want to check out other Mexican photographers, amazing women that are doing great things and like showcasing our culture, our people, our women, she is the pioneer in Mexico City. Like, and wow, yeah, like it's, it's, it's amazing to see that, you know. Again, like, you you working with Bianca and, like, I want to, like, tell to our listeners what Bianca has, you know, founded. She's she's a founder of the Society of Women in Space Exploration, SWICE. I don't know if I pronounce those. Yeah, SWICE, yeah. yeah. And it's, it's really empowering to see young women like you and Bianca working together to just create, you know, putting these women in, you know, in the forefront of the work that yeah. you're doing and showcasing it. And just, just thank you. And now that, you know, we've had this wonderful conversation and if you had the opportunity to, you know, see little share and knowing, you know, what you went through of still feeling this homesickness towards Mexico city, finding this passion in photography of, all the journey that you went through, what would you say to her that you would have wanted to have been told at a young age? 
well, there's a lot of things I could have told myself, but I think one of the most important is that, you know, although you feel like you don't belong where you are, you, at some point, you will feel like you belong because you will find things that you, you know, feel passionate towards, and you'll, you'll, you'll find your calling at some point. Don't be afraid to use your voice. Your voice is important. Your voice matters. Really don't rush anything because you are where you're supposed to be. And you have to be sometimes patient to get to the places where you want to be. But you will get there. And it's really important to embrace who you are. Love your sisters. (laughs) Love your parents. And they're going to be the ones who are going to be right beside you, supporting you. And know that you have capability to really change this world in your own way, whatever way that is. And to never give up, you know, really be there for yourself and love yourself because you are deserving of that love. That's beautiful. You are, you are, you know. (laughs) I thank you for doing what you're doing right now, for having that moment of you know recharging to finding that clarity in order to create even better portraits to create you know better work what you're doing is important and you know you're so young your journey is just beginning and i'm really excited to see what you have to create you know from here on out and just thank you thank you for being a voice to our community you know you're a beautiful example of our of latinas who are doing amazing things, and I'm just, I'm just honored, you know, that we were able to connect and we were able to talk, and yes. Thank you, Brenda. I mean, what you're doing is, like, amazing, too. Like, I I really am inspired by all the women that you've been interviewing and by you, and, like, wow, like, if these women can do, you know, what they're doing and opening the doors for other people, like, I can, too. You know, when I feel like representation is so important, and I, I, I feel represented by all these women, and it's just amazing to, you know, have these platforms and use them to build up our communities, and it's just amazing, and I hope, I'm so looking forward to whatever you do next, um, so yeah, thank you for having me, it's an honor. Yes, yes, and, you know, of course, you know, this was, once I started this, you, you were one of the first people, and like you said, you know, that having that fear of like reaching out, what if they say no, but I'm, I'm so glad that we were able to do this and just, yeah, it was like screaming and I'm like, Oh my God, what? but it's great. It's great that we both like love our, like each other's work. And I'm just, I'm just happy. I hope, you know, I, I would love to have you back here on AES to like, you know, give our listeners an update of your life, of your work and just continuing, you know, showcasing your work and what you do because it's important, you know. I hope our listeners who want to be photographers, who want to be filmmakers can find, you know, inspiration and that motivation to, to, to take on that path and that, you know, you've accomplished so much, Cher, like, and they, they, they you know, they can accomplish it too. So, so thank you. And to our listeners, can you share where they can follow you where can they see your documentary, Ganándose la Vida? I know you have a, an account for your photography and another you know, personal account. I don't know if you want to share that. Um, where can they reach out to you? My artist name is Cher, but um, most of my social media is Cher This Moment. So literally, if you Google it, like you'll find everything. I have. I also have a website, also called sharethismoment.com. Um, on YouTube, I'm Share This Moment. On Instagram, I'm Share This Moment. Yeah, you guys can follow me there. And honestly, if anyone has any questions about photography, like I am, I'm more than happy to help you. So yeah, if you have questions, like let me know. I'm I'm here for you. So, but thank you. Love, love it that we you know you continue to uplift you know our community and like sharing your knowledge. Because- <laughs> that's the, the only way so that we and everyone can grow so thank you for that and thank to, you. to you our listeners if you want to follow ellas you can follow it at 
E uh, ellos the podcast on Instagram. That is E L A S the podcast. If you want to share your story and be here on ellas, send me an email. Send at ellas the podcast at gmail.com. That is E L A S the podcast at gmail.com. You can follow me at Brent underscore Chai. That's B R E N underscore J A I. Thank you for listening to this episode with Cher. I hope you were motivated to take on that path of being a creative person in terms of photos, in terms of filmmaking, of showcasing our community, of providing a voice to them. And you can listen to another new episode in two weeks. Thank you again. This was wonder a wonderful conversation. And I'll see you in two weeks. Adios. Thank you. Bye. If you've been listening to AS for a while, you know that I'm a big supporter of providing a platform for Latinas to share their stories and inspire current and future generations of women. With that said, I'm looking to get this podcast into the lives of more amazing Latinas just like you. You can help by going to Apple Podcasts and write a review. Tell me what you think and leave any number of stars. It would mean the world to me. Thank you in advance. AS is produced, hosted, and edited by me. Brenda Hernandez Jaimes. And thank you to Shro, who created the podcast theme song, Sunken Streets. You can download this track on freemusic.org or listen to him on Spotify, YouTube, and follow him on Instagram. This is Ellas. Yes.